Hola, aquí estamos con Rafael Rodríguez. Es un artista salvadoreño. We're today with Rafael Rodríguez. He's a Salvadoran artist uh, who I have invited to my podcast and hopefully my Facebook as well. Um, Rafael, uh, quiero hablar en, en inglés porque la audiencia americana tal vez no sabe todo lo que, ha vivido, lo que has vivido. And that's, that's my desire to, to teach uh, more American speakers all your your journey and also the progress that you have done now as an artist. So can you tell me, uh, are we ready to, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really excited to listen all the information and, and all the journey that you had in your life from, from El Salvador to here, maybe we can <clears throat> uh, start talking about how was your childhood in El Salvador and, and what happened and why you came uh, to U.S. and everything like you want to open up with us. I will appreciate that. Okay. Um, thank you, Nadia, for ha having me in, in your uh, podcast. Um, it's really my pleasure to share. And that's one of uh, one of my reasons that I, uh, I do art is to kind of educate people, like to tell people my story, to give, because um, uh, sometimes people uh, judge immigrants um, without having the opportunity to listen to their stories. So that's one of the reasons why I do art. Um, so I create art that is about um, my story, to tell my story, but at the same time, it tells the story of other immigrants at the same time. Um, so I I grew up in El Salvador. It was a, um, in a rural area. There was no um, electricity at the time. Um, when I grew up, I I went to school um, there. I, I went to ninth grade, and then um, once I turned 18, um, 17, um, I decided that I wanted to to come to the um, to the U.S. because I was um, I was at a time where I was exploring what I wanted to do. Um, if I wanted to learn different stuff, and um, and unfortunately, at the place where I grew up, there was not opportunities. There was no like nothing to learn how to do. I mean, there was um, agriculture to do or uh, other stuff like growing you know agriculture but that's not uh, you know that's the only thing that is there and nothing else so that's one of the reasons why i left el salvador what what part of el salvador exactly um i'm from um i was born in uh, department departmental union and then um when i was about four or five years i moved to department of morazan uh, which is really close we, we live like um um, kind of in the line of the two departments. And then, and then, um, where were your parents? Your parents support you with the idea to move here, or, or it was your your desire, or how do you say, I'm going to US, or how did it happen? It was kind of both. Um, um, it was first my idea, um, but they, you know, they they had, um, you know, they. They wanted to give me uh, education. They wanted me to continue school. They want me to have, you know, to explore different um, uh, careers or, or, or things to learn um, as a young person. 
but they couldn't afford that. They couldn't afford me to, to go to school because uh, to continue school after ninth grade there, um, you have to go to the city, a small town. Um, I could either go to a small town called Santa Rosa de Lima, where, where I was born, um, or go to another town called Sociedad or San Miguel, uh, which is um, Department of San Miguel. But um, they couldn't afford it because they would have to pay money to trans for transportation, or if I was going to stay at, this, at the town, uh, I couldn't you know, afford to pay um, where to leave. So then how your journey started? When you say, okay, today is my last day in El Salvador, I decided to move, what happened? Um, you know, like I said, I was 17 at the time. And then, um, you know, the, I had, um, I, I, you know, like um, I decided to, to, to come and I had some money saved up for, um, it wasn't, I had to borrow money from other people to be able to, to come um, to pay some of the, the fees. I mean, you know, the, uh, and then I had to contact someone who was gonna help me with the, um, like a guide and um, we call it Coyote. Um, and that's, um, you know, when I left El Salvador, I, I left by myself. But then on the way, you know, when you start to come to San Salvador, you start to join all the people that they come to, the, to this country as well. And then Guatemala, there's more people, Mexico, more people. And um, so once we get to the US, you know, to the US border or to the desert area, there's a lot of people um, that are, you know, like kind of collecting. So what was the hardest part during the process from, from El Salvador to here? What was the, that you were like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm gonna make it or, or what was the hardest? Did you have yeah, any story? Yeah, there's a, you know, uh, when, I, when I had the idea to come to the US, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like one day to another day. Like um, I had like a month thinking, maybe more than a month, like a couple months thinking like, what this process is gonna be? Uh, am I gonna survive? You know, cause I, I saw a lot of the news. I saw a lot of people who left from the same area, left and, um, you know, they disappeared, like no one knew about them anymore. So, um, because they die in the desert or they die uh, on the river, or, you know, some people kill them, you know, in the, in the, in the, on the way you, you, you might um, come across um, drug dealers and they might force you to bring drugs and, you know, they might force you to go to paths that um, are really uh, dangerous. So, um, I was thinking all of that when I when I had the idea to come because I I knew that um, it was dangerous and I knew that there was like there's like a 50 50 percent um, you could make it or you cannot make it um, or you can be sent back to you know you can be be detained and maybe put in jail and then sent back so there was the whole process when I had to take the you know the decision because like I said it's, it's, you were thinking about about maybe you will make it or maybe you will not make it. So um, I, once I left my country, I already had that idea on me. Like there's 50% chance that I might make it or that I might not make it. But um, we decide to take that decision and decide to take that risk because um, it's a lot better. Because if you 
make it, even if it's as an undocumented, you have a lot more opportunities um, in this country than staying home. Mm -hmm. and, and also at the time when I was I left, it was in 2013, um, there was a lot of gang violence going on in my country. Um, and I'm saying this to make my country seem like a, you know, um, like a really dangerous country, but at the time, um, the government the government was fighting the gangs groups in the cities, so they, they were like kind of fleeing to the to the countryside, so they were getting kind of in my area, and um, that's also one of the reasons why um, my family support the idea of me coming to the U.S. Uh, so that's another reason. But um, throughout the process, um, I. You know, when I went through Mex uh, through Guatemala and through Mexico, I faced some dangerous um, moments, like um, you know, uh, avoid uh, avoid the, the you know contact with the um, with the drugs, you know, with the cartels and all of that, um, or the police, because the police is also you know um, uh, sometimes can be um, dangerous for immigrants because. Um, they try to some 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 branches of the police try to um, get take money from the immigrants so they can let us continue. So we had to avoid those and uh, sometimes as well. And then there was a moment that um, did you pray or did you ask God like help me or something or a spiritual uh, thing that that when your faith was or I don't know, your body, all the hurt, um, mm -hmm. anything that... Uh, yes, uh, yes, of course, all the time. Since the first time I had the idea from my country um, and the idea when I wanted, you know, in the process of taking that decision, I was always, you know, praying, um, like asking God to, um, you know, to... to to be his will, to, to be his willing to take me to the better place and to whatever I deserve, you know, like if God believes that I deserve a better place, please take me to that place. Um, so I was always asking that. Um, and um, it's the whole way, like even like since I left my country, I was always praying and praying, praying for the best. Um, and, you know, there are times where you had to, and you have to avoid danger. You have to avoid certain things. You always pray and please take me to the to the safest safest place like that I could be. Um, so it's it's even if you're not like a religious person, um, when you take that decision, when you take that risk, uh, you're always believing in something big, believing that um, you will go to a better place. So how long it took you from, from El Salvador to here? And then what happened the day you came to US? So it took me, so uh, it took me less than a month to get to the US border um, because I left my I left my country on May 1st. And then I arrived uh, to, the, uh, to the US border on May 18th. So it, it was less than a month. Um, so it um, it was uh, you know I was a minor, so I was um, I was gonna um, 
I was looking for um, to to apply for asylum at, at the time for uh, there's a lot like there's that was there was a law called uh, juvenile protection. I think that's what you call special juvenile protection at the time. But then when the president Trump came, he um, he got rid of that law. But um, I I already had submitted all the documents before he um, he um, blocked that um, a lot. But um, you know, I had to walk through the desert um, like for one night and and like a couple hours during the day. And um, it was kind of, it was, it was the, the most difficult part because um, you're walking through the dark at, at night and you don't know like all the snakes and all the danger around. And, um, and, and then um, it was around morning when um, the police, I mean, the border patrols uh, knew when we uh, entered the US. So they were, they just let us get tired. They just let us work and work and work until it was time for us to rest in the morning because we would start working like around six in the morning, six at, um, afternoon. And then they, they let us get tired. And then when we were resting, that's when they came and uh, picked everyone up. Wow. And then what happened? Like, what year is that exactly? That, that was 2013. 2013. That was in May 2013. So, um, like I was, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I cr across the border. During Obama administration, basically. Yeah, it was during Obama administration. Yeah. I crossed the border on, I, I, I reached the U.S. Um, territory on, uh, I didn't cross the border. I don't, I don't remember which place I went through. Um, you know, I didn't see, I, I didn't get to see the border or anything like that, but, um, mm -hmm. I entered the U.S. like around um, um, on 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 um, May 18, but then I stayed in, in a place for like uh, like one week or two weeks, and then that's when I had to work. And that's when I came across, you know, the, the border patrols. And then what happened? And then they took me to a detention uh, center. Um, they took me to one first, and then to second one and then to the third one. I think they were trying to take me to a, a nearest place uh, to an airport or something like that. But I remember that at the first one that I was, they had me there for at least one night sleeping. Um, there was, it was really like a really small cell and there was a lot of minors there. Um, and I, there, there was no space to sleep because it, would, it was so crowded of people. So I had to stay like sitting down and sleep there. Um, so it was more than a day, I think. Um, the reason why I don't know is because, um, you know, the light is always on, there's no window. Um, the AC is always you know, on, it's really cold. So I didn't know what day, what time, what day, you know, what day it was. So I think it was like three days, um, but then they moved, it to, they moved me to uh, the third one, to the last one, I don't remember. I don't really remember, like I said, it's just, you know, I, I, I wasn't aware of the, the time, um, and you know, it was, um, and after like the third day or something like that, they, they sent me to New York, to a place um, in New York called um, Lincoln Hall. And it is like a, uh, I don't know, and it used to be like a, 
juvenile, juvenile corrections center, but they make it into, you know, um, they put minors that are immigrants there. Uh, so I was there for a month and a half. And after that, um, they let me come to live with my family here in Maryland. And how was your experience in that month and a half? What, what do you, what, I mean, what? Then, um, yeah, uh, I was, I would say that wasn't, uh, you know, that terrible. They treat me, you know, they treat us with, uh, you know, respect and they took us to school, everything. Those, the school was nearby. Um, school was, just, um, they, they teach us how to do uh, some things like, um, uh, you know, like, wood carving, like, you know, you know, uh, how you call that? Like, they teach us some uh, basic stuff and they also, you know, took that to school. Um, that wasn't too bad, but, you know, I was always um, worried about my family, about what was gonna happen, because I, I was there, but I didn't know what was gonna happen, like if they were gonna send me back, or if they were- Did they give you medical stay. assistance or in- Yes, in uh, they did, um, yes. Um, yeah, that place, um, because I think they, once they transition, they send me to that place, that place is like, you know, the people, like organizations are paying that those those places to take care of immigrants. Mm -hmm. So they are supposed to take care of uh, the minors. Yeah, and then so how, that, I'm sorry? So that, that place wasn't, you know, that bad, except, except that I didn't know, I didn't know what was gonna happen. You were able to communicate with your family or no? Um, yes, with my family back in my country, yes, like once a week or once every other week, something like that. And with your family in, in Maryland, no? Um, it was it was hard because I didn't have their uh, their phone numbers. And oh my God. That. I only memorized my, my phone from my house mm -hmm. from back home. Mm -hmm. And then how how the the process of um, now I think you have a better status and also you're you're able to to start studying and how how the process started when you find liberation in art like how how that happened actually uh, I'm still fighting my case um, mm -hmm. um, I still fighting my case in immigration I haven't have any. Um, I'm still uh, on document with no document at all. Um, it has been eight years. It has been a long and hard process because um, I I had a court in the same year that I got released from uh, the, the place in New York. And then I had another one in 2014, um, which I didn't go because, um, you know, I, I didn't have, I was kind of, I didn't have anyone to take me to court. I was, you know, I was still minor. And, um, and I, you know, the, the first one, the first court that I went, the judge told me that I needed to bring a lawyer for the next, um, for the next uh, court. And I was trying to find a lawyer uh, after that. I couldn't find one. And I had the, like the receipt that I was making an appointment with the lawyers and they, they didn't want to take my case because they, I don't know, what they signed my case and they didn't want to take my case. So I was afraid because I didn't have a lawyer and didn't go to court. But then um, my aunt's lawyer, one of my aunt's lawyer, um, 
you know, she uh, heard about my case and so and she said that she could take my case. Mm -hmm. So that's that's when uh, I went to her office and we talked and then she took my case. And then it took me two, like two years to remove my um, uh, order of deportation because I got the letter saying that I had like 30 days to leave the country. So um, I had to, you know, get, uh, you know, remove my order of deportation and then uh, reopen the case again. So that that's that's one of the reasons it has taken me uh, long, but, um, but I'm not really sure. I think it will take me more like another six years or something like that, um, depending on, on how the, the system uh, is working. But um, yeah, uh, I have been able to go to school, I, you know, since I got released from um, New York, I was, uh, I was able to go to high school. Um, I finished high school in 2017. And, um, and then, um, you know, I was, I was a little older to be in high school, but they gave me like a scholarships to take summer schools due to, you know, I had good grades. Um, so they, they gave me scholarships. And then I was able to finish in 2017. I was 21 at the time. And then after that, I was struggling to go to, I want, I really wanted to go to um, school after high school, uh, you know, university or college. Uh, but I did, I couldn't because um, it was, I, I could, but it was kind of challenging because I didn't have any, any type of document. So um, um, I started looking for areas and applying uh, for schools, you know, you know, when you go to the system, to the school website, it doesn't let you apply because they ask you for social security and all of that. And um, I couldn't apply because I didn't have that. Um, so there were some schools that didn't require social security to apply. So I went and did the application. And there was one that um, got really excited because I was applying for art schools and they really wanted to, they, they really liked my artwork. So uh, they offered me like um, one of them uh, it's a school in Maine. Uh, they offered me $64,000 scholarship. Nice. But uh, I was so excited. I really wanted to go to that one because that's one of the ones that I really, I really talked to the person that works there. And um, I couldn't, I couldn't take the scholarship because I didn't have any, any, any uh, document. So then I continued struggling, struggling in the area. And then I wanted to go to community college. And the community college wanted to give me this full scholarship as well because I didn't, uh, because of my art. But because I didn't have the documents, I also couldn't get the scholarship. So I kind of gave up at that time. It, it took me like one year where I was trying to find out how could I make it um, to a, a school or university. So what I did was I decided, okay, I'm not gonna applied, but I'm going to continue working, creating work on my own, learning on myself. And then that's what I did. And then a couple months later, I have like a small exhibition and people started to like my work. And I, and people that came to you know, sign my work, they got my contact information and then they shared with other artists in the area. And then they brought me to the group of artists that um, in the area and they kind of you know, gave me advice what to do, how to improve, and I learned so much from them because all some of them are um, t uh, professors at dif different universities. Or some of them used to be professors, but they don't want to teach anymore. 
but they, they you know, they they teach me, so, they taught me so much. So I learned my life from them. And then through them, I was able to connect with to another community college here in the area in, in Maryland. And um, and I was able to attend that college, but you know, I'm, I'm attending that college. Um, uh, it's called uh, Montgomery College um, as an undocumented uh, uh, student, which sometimes um, you have to pay double or, you know, a lot more, which is different. So I'm, I'm, I'm still here there. I'm still taking classes there as a part-time student. And hopefully uh, this semester I will finish with um, my associate degree. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm, I've been working on. And tell me how, how you start, because my podcast is called Natural Therapy, right? So, <laughs> so basically, I try to find people who have a struggle in life and have found any way to get out mm -hmm. of your sadness. Like if you can talk about mm -hmm. what was your sadness is how you release that part of you that it was a wound and now is healing right through through art basically mm -hmm. can you explain a little bit yeah that's art is wonderful and actually um I'm, I'm also teaching at a high school i'm teaching seniors now and i try to talk to them uh, i'll get to my own uh, work in a minute but i try to tell them do like make work about yourself um you know, or about things that are affecting you. You know, let's say you have a problem going on and you don't want to talk about it, make art about it. And, and that way you don't have to talk about it. But when people see it, they will know what you're talking about, like what they will connect with the artwork that you're creating. So uh, that's one of, that's kind of pretty much how I got to do art because I remember I was in high school. Um, during my second year in high school, I, you know, I wasn't really learning the language that fast as I wanted to, because um, I was always around um, other Latino students who were always speaking uh, Spanish. Um, but I was always inspired, like, I was always remembering why I left my country. I, I left my country because I wanted to explore what I wanted to do, like, what is there to do, like, you know, different, different, um, different things. So I was always looking on the hallways and I saw artwork that from, the art classes, and um, I wanted to meet those students who was who make who were making that art. Um, and then um, my second, uh, like I said, my second year in high school, I had the opportunity to take an uh, art one. Um, and then um, there, I was just doing you know basic art. But then uh, one day, um, another art teacher came to the classroom, and she was um, the she was teaching a program, a specific program at uh, the high school that I was going to. And um, and I wanted to apply to that program, but I couldn't apply because um, I didn't, one, I didn't know the English, I didn't understand English, and I needed to write, um, uh, I needed to write like two essays and I needed to have letters of recommendation. And, um, so I was I was really excited about the program. I could I could understand a little bit about the program, what they were talking, and I wanted to be in the program, um, but um, like I said, I couldn't. So I didn't say anything, and I, I went to the, my English class. And then next day, I came to my class again, and I, I told the, the, the teacher that I wanted to try that program, 
and she said, yes, you are, is, you are, you're a good candidate. You, you are, it's good. So you can apply. And, um, and she said, I will give you the one letter of recommendation and find somebody else to give you another letter of recommendation. So I went to my art teacher at the time and she said, yes, I'll give you the art letter and I will help you with the essay. And I was so excited at the time. Um, and she, they, they both helped me. And then I, I apply, I apply to the program, to that program to be there the next, the next year, which would be my, uh, my uh, junior year. Uh, but um, during that whole time, I was just creating art for fun. I was just looking forward to to have fun, you know, draw drawing for fun. So I got to the program, and I was still with that mentality of making art for fun. Uh, but then when I got there, my teacher was really good, and she was always pushing us. She was always saying like, "Okay, why you want to? Why is the reason that you're doing this? Um, is there something else that you can improve?" Uh, some things like that. She was always pushing us to find different ideas, different teams. And through that, I was able to explore. I, I started creating art about natural disasters, about, you know, environment things. But then um, she was always pushing. I, I thought, okay, this is my team. This is what I want to create art about. But she was always pushing, okay, they, what's next? Or what is something that is about you or something like that? And she was always saying like, a natural disaster is a good theme to have and to create art about, but I think there's something else about you. And then I started to think, I started to write ideas. Um, and and then I, I, I found out, you know, and then I saw what was she kind of referring to, my own, you know, immigration story, my own, you know, my own, my own story. And then I started to create sketch about, you know, things about myself. Um, but I was still like, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't speak English that well. So I was just, you know, sketching and make, creating small paintings about it. And, um, and that kind of, you know, even though I couldn't even tell the stories, through, through speaking, people were connecting with that. Because I remember I created a really big drawing with pencil, graphite, with my hands tied, with a rope. And when people saw it, they, they knew what I was talking about. So that's when I kind of start um, creating art because I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have to talk that much to tell the story through my artwork. Yeah, so I mean, I, I saw you through Salvi News. And uh, to me, I just start crying when I saw all those images. You know, you you really express your soul through them, and I, and I'm really proud that you're Salvadoran first, and also even all your struggle, you you you're someone who keep keep going and keep pushing, and I do really admire you. I just want to tell okay. you that I really admire your resilience, your desire to to keep going um, and the way you express art uh, from your soul. And I can Thank see you. It's, it's beautiful. And um, I wish you the best also. What is your favorite technique? Like what is your favorite, what, what, um, what do you like to, to paint? What colors you like? Because sometimes I see some purple in your painting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my, my favorite color is uh, is blue. 
but I, I, I use a lot of purple. Uh, in the past, I have used a lot of purple because to me, it purple represents like, um, um, you know, it's, it, I don't know if it gave me a different, you know, to me, it's like a really nice feelings about my story and, you know, like loyalty and stuff like that. Um, purple have a lot of meanings, but um, um, one of the reasons why I, I add purple is because to me, you know, even though I'm still as undocumented uh, immigrant here in the U.S., I have found so many opportunities that not everyone sees them. Like the students, I've seen, you know, the, 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 the kids that grew up here, it's hard for them to see those opportunities because, um, you know, uh, um, it's, it's like something normal for them. And for me that I came from, from a place that doesn't have that much opportunities, you know, I take whatever is, is available to me, like whatever opportunity I can take um, and I hold on to that because I know how much, how much the you know valuable those opportunities are. And and even though sometimes when I like opportunities that I have had before is like going to a program, you know, programs that teach me how to write an essay, teach me how to write um, a resume. And you know, even though I at the moment I might feel all oh, this is boring, I don't want to do this. But I know, like after the after after I finish the program, that will help me a lot. That will put me in a, a different place, and 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 I just appreciate that because I remember going to a program uh, called uh, Creative Works, um, and the program is really amazing. They teach us different skills. They train us um, if you want if if you really want to continue with school. They they help us to through applications or through you know different skills. And if you don't want to continue school, they find different programs that you want to take, like train school or, or things like that. And the school, the program even pay um, the students to go. It pay us not that much, but in, you know, cover transportation and things like that. And I remember there were students that were there for the pay. And I went to the program just to learn. And I remember that when I went to the interview, is, you know, the, the problem is like applying for a job. So I went to the interview and I remember the people there, uh, after I went to the interview, they contact me and say that they couldn't take me because I didn't have uh, the documents. Uh, because, uh, but what they were, they were worried the most it was, was to pay me, to give me the payment. Um, so I said, no, don't worry about it. As long as you let me be in the program, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I just want to be in the program. I just want to learn. So they saw how committed I was to be in the program. So they found a way to still take me in the program. And through that program is where I, you know, I was connected to different people in the community. Good. What uh, what inspiration have you got through through COVID? Did COVID have inspired you for your new um, colors? And what do you uh, think? Hopefully this life opens for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, yeah, when I COVID, COVID first started, I, I, I was, I was, you know, everyone freaked out and everything, you know, so I, I remember that I had to go to the store uh, during those times when they closed everything and, you know, no one was ready. I didn't have any mask. I didn't have any, um, you know, 
so I had to go to the store and uh, the only thing I had is, is a contraction mask, really big mask. And I think I had a picture in Instagram. Um, so I had to wear that mask to, to, the, um, to the store. And, and you know, I, I, I took a picture of that mask and I, and I, I painted it. Um, I wanted to have like a blue, I still have blue colors and like greenish colors in the background, but then, you know, the, 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 the Joel Floyd um, uh, mortar, you know, they killed Joel Floyd and everything, you know, kind of give a different uh, turn to, 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 uh, to the quarantine. So I, I add more like black colors in the front because we, uh, to, I wanted to emphasize that um, we we here like in quarantine and we having this uh, police brutality, and but we don't see what is next. We, we don't see what this pandemic is gonna take. Uh, we we don't see, we don't know what where is this um, police brutality gonna go. So that's gonna add a lot of dark colors in there. Will you try? Because I I like also graffiti technique. But have you tried graffiti as an art as well? I have not tried, but I was trying to learn how to apply uh, spray paint, um, even though even if it's not like graffiti style, but I want to learn how they apply it um, because um, I'm also working in public art commissions. I, I created a, a mural, like a, a public painting um, last year. And I'm working on another one this year. You know, you know, uh, I still had to um, sign some other papers, but um, I want to learn how to apply the paint because sometimes it can be faster when you have like spray paint instead of being with the brush. It helps you to cover um, big spaces uh, a lot faster. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, Rafael, I want to appreciate for all your time that you have take um, giving me this interview, something that I, that I really know that my audience will catch is when you say I didn't have words to to express what I what I feel, but painting <laughs> did it for me. I was like, wow, that's so strong. Yeah. And, and I hope anybody who, who hears your story feel inspired. I know that nothing is gonna stop you. And and I hope good blessings for your life. And honestly. Thank you for giving me the time. I'm one of your biggest fans already. <laughs> so I hope I can see your art coming and growing. Gracias. Thank you. Gracias. Thank you so much. It's uh, my pleasure to share my story. And uh, my goal is to inspire young people as well, because I see, I experienced, you know, when I went to high school, I saw a lot of people like skipping school because they didn't, they didn't want to be in school. Uh, they didn't know what to do after high school. So I'm, you know, I'm working to find ways to inspire people. So that's, it's my pleasure to share my story and I hope someone can benefit from it. Can you give us your contact through here? Your, um, how can people find you online or, or where can find your art or where can buy yes. your art? Yes, um, my Instagram is, um, so my Instagram, you can, people can find me on Instagram is uh, Rafa Rodriguez, R-A-F-A-R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-C. Um, 
how you call it, lowercase, lower, um, how you call that? Lowercase? Uh, young, yeah, lower, no. Um, young, young bajo? Well, I'm going to try to put it in, in my, in. I'm going to edit the video and I'm going to put it in the bottom. Okay. Don't uh, worry. Okay. Is it once they, once they, once people go to my IG, I have my, um, my, in, my website there so people can see more of my work. And what is your website? Um, it's similar to that is Rafael Rodriguez dot squarespace.com. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll put it in also in the editing, hopefully. Gracias, okay. Rafael. I Thank wish you. you the Thank best. you so much. And please make more art for everybody. I will. Thank you so much. Never give up. I Gracias. Will. <laughs> Gracias. Okay.